News Talk On Demand. Interruption free audio where you want it, when you want it. Good morning and welcome to Garden Talk. I'm Rick Van Davendijk and I'd like you to join me today at one uh, 332 8255 And that's anything to do with gardening or indoor post plants or things that you did last year that you may have problems with. I had lots of calls this week about even people, spruces that were having problem with uh, losing needles and that kind of stuff. So I answered a bunch of questions even about that and uh, they want to know what to do next year. So lots of things going on about the garden. So give me a call or text at one 332 8255 well, you're going to see in a lot of the um, in the, in in the you're going to see a lot of the bit of the white stuff coming down this week as the weather um, forecast talks about. So I think make sure that everybody's ready to uh, for this white stuff coming down and maybe a little bit of freezing rain. So if you haven't put those summer winter tires on and put the summer tires away, uh, I think it's time. So it's uh, it's time to do that. So make sure you get that done and just be careful because I know that first time the white stuff comes down. It's usually a time when people just aren't ready for it. So um, just be careful when you're out and about. And uh, so we will be having that this week. Uh, I've been working on, in my yard, I've been working on a, a project trying to get some retaining walls in just to to um, to be able to do some landscaping next year. So I got some, a little bit more working on retaining walls this weekend. So I'll have them ready to go. And so I'll have to get them poured. So maybe I'll get that poured down before the snow flies this next week. So um so that'll be good. I'll get that done, and uh, I'll be ready for next spring to, for the for my project to really commence and uh, and get some topsoil in and some plants in and, and those kind of things. So it'll, I'm looking forward to that. So one thing you'll see in the stores a lot right now is you're going to see a lot of uh, amaryllis bulbs. And amaryllis bulbs this time of the year is is really a highlight for a lot of people. A lot of people have had amaryllis bulbs for a lot of years, and some people are just starting them off for the first time. And right now, it's a perfect beginning of November. It's a perfect time to do that, so that you have them uh, blooming for Christmas, and that's that's the key for a lot of it. And there's a lot of different uh, bulbs out there. Everybody knows the red lion, the big red one. Uh, amaryllis bulbs. It's a fairly good sized bulb. You'll see in a fairly not a very big pot. You have to put them into. Uh, they like to be a bit root bound. And you'll see them because they have a, they get little green leaves coming out of them and they get the stalk that comes straight up. Usually stands about 12, 16 inches tall and then you get four to anywhere from two to five trump, big trumpet like flowers that come out of the, out of the, um, out of the stems. And then once that one is finished or sometimes before it even finishes, a second stem will come up in a lot of plants and then you'll have, be able to enjoy, enjoy a, a lot longer. And it's, it's amazing how, how long they do last for. Uh, one thing you have to remember is that there, when you do um, start them out, you want to start them out in, in direct sunlight, get the bulbs growing, and then um, make sure if you're going to, a lot of the bulbs you get, they're just a straight bulb. So you want to, best, best pot to put them into, I find, is a terracotta pot. Uh, so a clay pot, and, and that works really well. And once, because of the pot breathes, and then it, it makes sure that your, your moisture doesn't get too heavy into that bulb. Because the bulbs, they, they like to be moist, but they don't like to be wet. So that, that's one big thing you have to remember about those. And so uh, make sure that you use a soil. Um, don't use your soil you'd, use, you'd normally use in your potting mixes. If you do, add a little bit of perlite to it for drainage, because bulbs like good drainage. They don't like mo- They don't mind moisture but they don't like water sitting in the bottom of the pot or around the bulb like a lot. So make sure you use a, um, a little bit, a good uh, porous type of a potting soil that you use them. And some, some have kits with it you can buy and they have soil and everything with it. 
and uh, then you can enjoy it that way too. And then now you're seeing in the stores, <laughs> it's, it's really interesting, you're seeing a lot of uh, Amaryllis bulbs that you don't even have to pot. They're just, they just come basically coated in a, in a wax color and it's all, it comes in all different colors. You might find some in, in red wax. You might some in a festive color, uh, all different, different designer colors in the wax. And so one thing you do is just, you just set that it, and then it has a little wire, um, ring at the bottom just to make sure that it stands up on your table and doesn't keep rolling over, um, because of the shape of the bulb. And so you just enjoy that, that plant, just stick it in, in, the, in a bright light, and then it just starts growing. And then once it's finished bl- doing all its blooming later on after Christmas time, then you have to just be careful. You can, you can Google it if you want and check it how you do it. But you've got to take that layer of wax off, and you've got to take that, that ring off the bottom, and then you want to pot the, uh, the bulb into a pot uh, and then so that it can gain energy to, to bloom for you next year. Now, there's all different types of, uh, of bulbs that you can get, like I said, one of the common ones you'll see is one called Red Lion. It's a really, really, really red color. There's other ones out there. There's ones called Barbados. And Barbados has a really red, but then it has some white stripes coming out of the center. And then so it just gives you a little bit of color with the Red Lion. It's just all red, okay? Then then there's other ones if you want to change your color. You've got just straight white. You can have Red Pearl, which is an, even a deeper, deeper red, almost a you know, almost turning sort of in the center, almost almost black type of thing. And then you have um, things like Comet. Comet is uh, one that has more of a sort of a pinky red, and then the white is really uh, uh, really vibrant that comes out of the middle and almost variegates, variegates the veins, and it brings a lot of different colors. So a lot of people like getting into collecting those ones. And another one's called um, Elvis. And that one is more white on the outside edge with the center veins uh, coming out of the center of the, of the, of the, of the flower. You'll get these veins of, of sort of almost like a, I would say a fuchsia coming out of the center. And then you have uh, garvase, which is more of a pink with a very out the outer edge, more of a, a, a white variegated between the, uh, between the veins. And so you get a lot of different colors like that. So, and then, like I said, they come in all different, uh, you can just get them, the bulbs themselves, you pot them up. There's a lot of gift boxes out there that have, like one here that has a, like a garden pot with it, with wrapped in a burlap, the bulb inside. It's so great for giving a gift away. Uh, and then there's other types, so like I said, with the, with the wax on it, uh, there's all different types that, uh, you can, you can, um, you can give away. Other bulbs that you can do too that people have frequent to get, and you'll see in, in a lot of the shops right now, whether the florist shops, garden centers, and the grocery stores, is even the hyacinths. And the hyacinths, one thing I like about hyacinths is the fragrance they give. Uh, if you have allergies, uh, don't get a hyacinth because <laughs> they're so fragrant. Uh, and there's all different types. There's Jean Boss, which is more of a, of a, a fuchsia color, pink. There's Delft Blue, which is a blue with almost a white variegation on the outside. And then there's Rembrandt, which is more of a purple with white tips on the edge, the outside edge. And then Woodstock, which is more of a, there again, it's, it's more of a, a purpley type of color as well. So that's a popular one, and you can plant those. One thing I like about hyacinths, you can get a, a shallow, what I call a pan dish, and you put a bunch of rocks 
in, in the bottom, and then you stick your hyacinths uh, in, in the rock so that the bulb's not touching the water, but there's water in the bottom. And you can even use a glass if you want, where you can actually put some different color pebbles and you can actually see the water. And the bulb sits above the water and then the roots grow down in the water. And then, but it also helps the plant stand up as well. Otherwise, there's a, there's a hyacinth uh, jar as well, which is fluted. So it's, it's wider at the bottom, that comes narrow in the middle, and then wider at the top. And the bulb will just sit on top of the glass. And you just set that in a bright spot, and the roots will grow down into the water. And you can actually see the roots, and then you can see the, the plant uh, grow up and bloom as well. And you can also put some rocks in, in the bottom just to give some different color in that as well. Another one is paper whites. Is, that's another one where you can use the dish and uh, with the rocks, and the, so the bulbs sit out of the water. And then you can just use a, It doesn't have to have any, any holes in the bottom of that dish either. And then the paper whites where you got all these white little flowers coming up, just a whole bunch of them. Uh, there are lots of little bulbs that you put in there, and you just get this massive color of white, uh, paper white. So that's a, a good one to use as well. So we're going to have lots of things to talk about today. So right now we're going to go to our break. So you're listening to Rick Van Davidek on 650 CQM and 980 CJME. Good morning. Thank you for joining us. You're listening to Garden Talk. Uh, I'd like you to join and hear me on, uh, on, the, on the telephone or on the text. It's the same number. So one eight seven seven. Three three two eight two five five. That's one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five, and that's on the phone or the text. Uh, one of the traditions we've had on this on the show on the on the week of Remembrance Day is that we remember our, our fallen soldiers and um, and also the ones that are serving right now. And I like to read a, a poem which um, which has to do a lot with. Well, we talk about gardening as well, too, and, and that's called In Flanders Fields. And in Flanders Fields, the poppies blow between the crosses, row and row, that mark our place, and in the sky, the larks still bravely singing fly, sacred herd amid the guns below. We are all dead short days ago. We've lived, felt dawn, saw sunset glow, loved and were loved, and now we lie in Flanders Field. Take up our quarrel with the flow. To you from failing hands we throw. The torch be yours to hold it high. If we break faith with us who die, we shall not sleep, though poppies grow in Flanders Fields. So this is a this is a week with uh, November 11th coming up that we remember. So um, wear your poppy this week proudly, and uh, and remember our fallen soldiers and uh, and like the um, the the John McRae who uh, who wrote that uh, that uh, that poem about the poppies, and uh, and so just remember those times. Uh, we're going to go on here right now. We have uh, um, in a text we have. Um, uh, Andrew in Warman asks, good morning, Rick. I'm wondering if, you've able to, if it's too late to plant SAS2 plants. No, it's not. You can still plant, uh, as long as the ground's not frozen, you can still plant any types of trees, shrubs, whatever. It doesn't really matter. Uh, as long as you can take some pails of water out there and just water them in, uh, they'll be fine. Uh, even with the snow coming this week, the ground won't be frozen after that. I've, I've planted a lot of times. My average is planting uh, it's about November the 11th. So that's my average. Uh, I've gone as late as November the 23rd. I've planted a tree. And so you can still get that done uh, even right up to then. So we have here now, we have Paul in Saskatoon joining us. Um, good morning, Paul. Hey, Rick. How's it going? Very good. Good. Um, I've got this asparagus plant in the house. It's yep. a house plant. Yep. 
and I got a bunch of dead, like they're brown branches coming out. And then I've got other ones that are like climbing up the wall yeah. and they're <laughs> on the floor. Great big, long, arching branches all over the place, yes. Yeah, like how much can I cut out of that? You can cut that almost right back to the pot if you wanted to. Oh, really? And let it grow back, absolutely. Would uh, And then I was thinking of putting in some of that alfalfa. Pellets, yep. Yeah, you can lay them right over the top and every time you water, it just release a little bit more. Right? Oh, beautiful. Like, it, it's out of control. Yeah. You know. Oh, yeah. You put the alfalfa pellets on top, you watch them. They'll just take off because it's not a high nitrogen, yeah. uh, but it has a little bit of nitrogen in it, but it has a lot of uh, good bacterials in it. And it also has boron, magnesium, oh, zinc. It has all the other micronutrients that the plant, you'll watch, it'll just take off. Yeah. Well, it's a beautiful plant. I didn't want to kill it. Yeah. I, you know. No, don't, don't worry about it. You can trim it back in half if you want. You can trim it back right down to the pot, whatever. It'll just keep coming back. Beautiful. Thank you so much for your time, sir. You're welcome. Have a great day. Bye. And we have right now uh, from Catherine in Saskatoon is the Christmas cactus out this year. Yeah, absolutely. Christmas cactus, as you'll see them out um, in, in a lot of the stores right now, and it's a plant that you can enjoy. Um, one thing about Christmas cactuses this time of the year, they'll start to get ready to, to bud. Christmas cactus normally likes to be dry, so you don't need to water it very often at all, except for when it comes to flowering time. And then that's when you want to give it a little bit more moisture. And it's triggered by, a lot of times it's triggered right now this time of the year by, by just the changing of the daylight. Uh, so that'll trigger it to go as well. Um, some people like to um, put it out in the deck in, in August, at the end of August, and the, the, the cool, cool weather also triggered. Uh, but right now, you'll see that getting close to Christmas time, they're, they're going to start putting out the buds. And then uh, one thing you can do to help to give it a little energy, because a lot of times we have a very porous type of soil that we use uh, when we plant the, any type of cactuses, is that you may want to just give it a little bit of a shot of a, of, a, of a cactus fertilizer. And that'll just give it a little bit of more energy to be able to push out all those blooms as well. So um, you can do that there as well. And then... Um, we have here uh, a text message. The grass cut short, grass cut short, fertilized lawn dressed. Um, is it too late to overseed? No, you can put this, you can overseed right now on the grass. Uh, you just make sure if you overseed, you want to take a, um, in, in, a in an existing grass. Uh, you, what you want to do is you want to take a, a, a garden rake, like a hard tined rake, and then you want to, once you put the seed down, you want to rake that, that grass so that the seed gets right in contact with the soil and does not just sit on top of the thatch. That, that's the critical thing. And then, uh, next spring, that seed will just pop up with the moisture from the snow melting. Uh, also you can, if you don't, if you have a new lawn too, you can also seed into that just as long as you can just, you, before the ground freezes, you can just rake the, there again, take a, a hard tined um, garden rake and just rake it so that you get just a little penetration in the top of the soil. I don't want to bury the seed, but I just want to get a penetration so that, and, and then, um, and then that way, especially if you get some snow on top of it, it'll just set it there and so it won't blow away or anything like that. And then uh, next spring with the snow melt again, it'll just start taking off. So that works really well. Um, it's uh, Chris from Conrack. Conrack. Uh, what's the best time to wrap my small cedars, and what's the best way to do that? So I've seen that lots of a lot of questions about that. Um, I basically want to wait until until the ground freezes, okay, before I want to wrap my cedars. Um, basically, what you want to do is when you wrap the cedars, you're you're always trying to do one thing. Everybody thinks that we're trying to put a coat and you know protect them, put a parka on them, and protect them from the cold. It's not the cold that that turns the cedars brown. It's the sun. 
and it's the sun when we get a Chinook in the wintertime, like sometimes in February or March we'll get this this Chinook that'll come in from BC or from Colorado or wherever, and then the temperatures raise up and then the sun's more intense and there's heat and then it, basically all those needles start desiccating, they basically start transpiring and then losing moisture and then they start just drying out and that's what the problem is. So we're, we're using the burlap and I like using a landscape burlap because landscape burlap isn't a tight, like if you see a, like a potato sack, let's say, it's a really tight, uh, knit, uh, you want to use a fine uh, open knit so that there's air moving through it and then it doesn't collect the heat. That's the big thing. And then so what you can do is you can either put posts around your plant uh, if it's a smaller plant and then put your burlap up higher than the, the, the top of the plant and leave the top open so snow falls in. But if you don't want to do that and you want to wrap the plant itself, leave the burlap at least six inches off the ground. That's so important to leave it six inches off the ground because otherwise what happens is the snow doesn't get in to protect the ground and then the frost goes through the burlap and then into the roots and then and, and damage the roots because there's no protection for the roots. So keep it six inches off the ground and then you can do that. So basically I would suggest waiting for another week or so, wait until you get the first uh, snowfall if you're going to just wrap the plants or if you're going to put the stakes in the ground where the ground's not frozen so you can wrap them a little bit later on. Uh, so because it's really um, where they, they get hurt is more more towards the end of February, March and the first week of April when the ground's still frozen but the snow is disappearing and the reflection of the sun going up higher in the sky just burns them out. So um, we have here also, um, well, I guess we have time here. We can, um, we can talk to Lorraine. I can just get my mouse to work here. From Prince Albert. Good morning, Lorraine. Yes, good morning. Uh, my question is, um, I wanted to, uh, like I'm putting new soil in uh, to replace plants, yep. and um, I was just wondering, would it be a good idea if I could mix, like chop up or crush them up? alfalfa pellets and sprinkle in the soil? Yep, you don't even need to crush them up. Just mix them in with the soil. Just, oh, okay. Yeah, don't even need to crush them up because that, all those little uh, bigger pellets will actually absorb moisture and help keep moisture there for your plant as well. And so, okay. yeah, no, just, just either put them on the top or if you're repotting, mix it in with the soil and mm-hmm. uh, it'll, the plants will just feed on that all the time and it'll, the plants will love it. Okay, what I was doing, um, like I brought in uh, these um, patio tomato plants. Yep. And they're still producing oh, tomatoes. They'll, they'll they'll love it. They'll love that. Okay. 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 Have have some fresh ones in the winter. <laughs> Absolutely, that's perfect. Just make sure you got some lots of light, and you may have to supplement with some uh, grow lights to get them to produce all yeah. winter for you. Yeah. Well, good. Great. Have okay. a, That's perfect. Have a great day. Uh, thank you. You too. Bye bye. So we have also here one caller here. Uh, we have um, Linda from Regina. Should, what should we do to overwinter grafted blue spruce to protect it? Uh, there again, blue spruce are pretty tough, so there's not much you need to do it. I would suggest the only time you need to protect the grafted uh, the globe spruce is, um, is this is the first year. And there again, just put the burlap around, uh, whether you're wrapping the plant itself, because some, some of these grafted spruces are on a standard, which are three feet off the ground, and some are right on the ground. So uh, you can just wrap them up and, um, and protect them. You either just wrap the top up or just wrap the bottom. Just remember, you're leaving some space off the ground so the snow can get in there as well. We're going to take a quick uh, um, news break right now. I'm Rick Van Damdyke. You're listening to Garden Talk on 650-CCOM and 980-CJME. Good morning, this fine Sunday morning. Thank you for joining Garden Talk. Uh, I'd like you to join me on on, on um, 
on one of the phone call or on the text at one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. You can it's one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. Um I have a caller here, Bob in Humboldt. I have a small Christmas plant that eight inches high. Um, it started budding. Would it be okay to transplant it right now? Yeah, that's, that's the time you don't want to uh, transplant plants is when they're actually flowering. So just enjoy it. Christmas, the, the Christmas cactuses, uh, Christmas plants, they love to be um, more um, root-bound anyways. So just leave it until it finishes blooming, and then after it finishes blooming, you can transplant it then. But, yeah, if you do it now, you'll probably... it'll. It could drop all its buds off, and then uh, then you don't won't be able to enjoy that that time for that Christmas plant. So yeah, just wait until after it's finished blooming, and uh, then you can do your transplanting. Then I also had uh, um, a, a text come in, and this is from um, Diane in Saskatoon, and we had the caller about uh, about the asparagus fern, and this is basically the same thing. Uh, I have asparagus fern, and it, it it's. It keeps shedding, making a big mess. Uh, it's several years old, around eight or ten years old. Seems like getting worse and shedding. Where it watered once a week, and it just um, it just keeps um, like um, whenever you touch it, there's a lot of little, little leaves falling off. And so um, uh, that's what the best thing to do with that one is. There again, if it's that old, just like when we talked about with the caller from Prince Albert, is just give it a trimming back. Uh, it'll grow so fast back, anyways, and uh, just fertilize it. And it'll it'll grow back. Make sure that you have your asparagus fern in bright light. It doesn't like to be in the direct sunlight. So, but lots of bright light, but just not direct sunlight. And then uh, a plant, if it's that old, you may also want to look at. Um, I don't see in, in this text here whether she transplanted or what. You may want to go into one size larger pot as well. So, if you're in a six inch pot, go to eight inch, or if eight inch, go to a twelve inch pot. And that will help it a lot as well with that new soil they put around it. But the best thing to do is when you do that transplanting, give it a shave, cut it back in half, two thirds, and it'll just it'll just fire right back up again uh, with these long sprigs that'll grow out. And then it'll be more juvenile um, branches, so they won't shed as much as the old branches as well. So um, you can do that, and then you'll have a lot better su- success. Uh, Greg here um, said, "Can you start pruning apple trees now?" Absolutely. Uh, I do a lot of pruning in, in October and, and November, and then I, after November, then I wait until basically March or the first week of April to prune my apples. Uh, when you prune your apples, um, best thing to do is um, is when you prune your apple is is take go into the apple tree and take any branches that are crossing first. That's what I like doing, and so then any branches that are rubbing against each other. Just to thin out the tree, that helps a lot. Also, um, a lot of people in apple trees like to what we call pollarding the tree. That means cutting the top off. And they do that for one reason, basically one reason only, is because they uh, they want they don't want to reach up so high and get these apples way up high in the tree. It's not that great for the for the apple tree. You can do it. They do it in a lot of the in the big orchards out in BC and that kind of stuff. They 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 pollard the tree. But then they have arborists that go in during the season because if you notice, if you ever cut your apple tree off at the top, a big branch at the top, what happens is that wherever you make that cut, you'll get two or three or four branches growing out of that one cut. And they, they call water sprouts. They grow about three or four feet tall, great big leaves, and they just take the zap a lot of energy out of your plant. Okay, so what you want to do then is if you do want to pollard it, then you need to go back in during the season, and then when you do get two or three, you need to cut them back to one during the season. So just don't prune the fall or the spring. You need to go in the season when those branches are young, 
and just sprouting up and just thin them out again. So that's what you can do as an arborist. But if you, if you do in, in the orchards, that's what they do. But if you just want your, you're going to prune your apple tree once every few years, just go and thin the tree out. Leave that one branch growing up. Yeah, it's taller than you can reach. But there are little long extendable poles, um, telescoping poles that have a basket on them that have little, little almost like a razor blade on them that you can, you can grab them and grab those apples up high. Or, you know what, you can leave a couple apples for the birds because, uh, you know, you can have one that, one extra little half a pie that you're not going to make getting those few apples at the top, but it'll be better, better for the plant because it's going to grow to 16 feet, 14 to 16 feet tall anyways. And so just let it grow where it wants and just thin it out. Uh, then you want to take any water sprouts, any branches that are growing out of the side of the trunk and growing up through the middle of the tree. You want to take those off. Of course, any suckers that are coming from the bottom of the tree you want to cut off. And then you're also going to trim off, you know, a lot of people have them at the edge of their yard. Yeah, but it's, the apple tree is leaning over top of the, the grass. So if there's that one, this is a great time for that one branch that's been bugging you all summer long. It's been poking you in the eye or you're knocking your hat off your head as you're mowing the grass. So you can trim that one back so it's not so much of a problem. And then basically then you can stand back and just give it a, a shape because some of those branches are really, really long. And when they're really long, what happens is you see a lot of people with these... <laughs> All kinds of contraptions, whether it be a stepladder holding the branch up because it's so full of apples and it's hanging and ready to break, or they got hockey sticks holding it up, or they got twine holding one branch up to the other. They got this, you know, this very um, nice looking sculptured tree with all these different decorations in it just to hold the tree up. And so, um, what you do is you can, you can cut those branches back a third so there's not so much weight hanging away out the end and it's not so hard on the plant as well. So that you can do for the apple trees, but definitely you can uh, trim them now, uh, right through the month of November. And then after that, I like waiting until um, any time in March or the first week of April as well. Um, here, here's a caller uh, we have. Can I... Uh, not a complete question here. So can I keep them over winter in the house? Um, so I've got Trevor in Martinsville. The ground's not frozen. Can you still transplant small spruce trees from the wild? Absolutely. You can plant, as long as you can dig them to the ground, you can transplant the plants. They'll actually do very well. Just make sure that you take a, because the water's turned off, obviously, take a, um, a pail out there and give them watering in so you settle the soil in around them. Uh, okay, here he goes. Um, uh, can I keep them in the house over winter? Um, I wouldn't do that. Get them in the ground. Uh, even if you haven't dug the plants out there, get out there today. It's still going to be above zero. Dig your hole already, and then uh, even put the, the pails of dirt or whatever in the house so that you can replant them, and then you can then you can go get your plants, put them in the ground, and then take your soil that's not frozen, put it around, water them in, they're fine. Um, that's another question I had a lot from a lot of people too, is that they still have their tulip bulbs they got, and, uh, in fact, we had some people at the garden center picking up some tulip bulbs this week, and they're asking me, can I still plant them? And absolutely. Just make sure you plant them the right recommended depth, which tulip bulbs are around six inches deep. You can still plant your garlic. You can still plant your, your daffodils. Get them in the ground and water them in, and then throw some leaves or some mulch in them. Give them a little bit longer time to, to root in, and they'll be fine. They'll still bloom. So if you haven't done that yet, you can still get them in the ground and plant them. So um, that still works. So... Um, um, so what else we have here is that if you um, just remember if also on those uh, on the we talked about the amaryllises earlier on uh, a lot of people are asking me how do how do I what do I do after they finish blooming and one thing I remember about amaryllis is that they have set up those tall spikes 
and then they're really green, and then the top flowers are finished, and they, they die off. But don't be tempted to cut that stalk off until it turns brown. If it's still green, energy's still going back in the bulb for next year, okay? So leave that stalk up there. Even if the other stalk's coming up and starting to bloom, leave that stalk up. You can pick off the old dried-up flower heads off, but leave that green stalk off. Once it turns brown or starts you know, withering and starts leaning over, then you can cut it off then, and then you can um, get the plant just stick it in the corner and water it sparingly whenever you remember and give it some fertilizer and then it'll build up energy for next year and um, that will be uh, perfect uh, for that plant to do there. So just remember what will happen is once it's finished blooming, have, if it hasn't have leaves on, it'll put leaves up. Once the leaf, once it's finished flowering, has leaves, put it into a sunny spot and so that it has sun on the, uh, on the, uh, on the leaves and then that way, it's just like I said, water it. Just every once in a while when you remember it doesn't have to be really wet or just more on the drier side all the time. And then next spring even, put it out in the deck and just forget about it. And whatever rain we get, I mean, if you get a year like last year, obviously we had no rain. So then you can give it some water every once in a while or or just put it in a spot where the sprinklers might hit it. And then, or plant it right in the garden and then just remember where it is and dig it up next fall and then bring it inside. And then it'll have enough energy then that it'll just um, start blooming all over for Christmas next year. So we're going to go to a quick break right now. Uh, you're looking listen to Garden Talk on 650 CQM and 980 CJME. Good morning and thank you for joining us here on Garden Talk. If you'd like to join us on the telephone or by text, same number, 1-877-332-8255, 1-877-332-8255. We're going to go right to the phone lines right now. We have um, Sharon in Regina. Good morning, Sharon. Uh, hi. Your question. Hello. 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 How are you doing today? I, I'm good. Very Thank good. You. Yeah. Um, I have an amaryllis, mm-hmm. and um, I, I don't think it has ever bloomed. Okay. And um, I have it in, a, you know, an angled window, like it faces southeast. Yep. And what kind of pot? What kind of pot is it in? A, a clay pot. Okay. What size? Uh, the bulb isn't. A big bulb. Okay. It's a smaller bulb. Okay. And and what size of pot is it in? Um, I would say about a four inch. Okay. So it's a four inch pot. So what you can do is, if it's a smaller bulb, there's things you could probably do is is you might want to move up to us. They like to be a, a little bit uh, root bound. Okay. But if okay. you said it's been a couple of years, right? Is that correct? Right. So right. what I suggest is get yourself a clay pot that's six inches in size, and then I want you to repot it. Is there leaves on it right now at all? Right. It, it, it grows healthy leaves yeah. every year. Okay. So what I want you to do then is I want you to take that plant first of all, and I want you to just put it in a dark, cool place in the house before you do any transplant or anything. Just put it in a okay. dark, cool place in the house. Do that right away, and do that for about maybe two weeks here, okay? Okay. In a dark, cool place. Then what I want to do is to make it so that it's sort of going dormant, okay? I want it to shut it down, okay? okay. It does not be totally dark and be a little bit of light, but not very much, okay? 
and then okay. but more cooler if you can. So if you have a room somewhere that's a little bit cooler, put it in yeah. there and then for about do that for about two weeks, even three weeks, whatever around that. Then we want, want you to do is take it out of that pot, and in the meantime, I want you to find a six-inch pot, okay, that you can put it into, and then get okay. some new soil, and then just retransplant it, okay. If you had okay. a six-inch, if you had a six-inch pot, so some colors might have it in a pot already, and it has the same thing. Just take it out of that pot and just replant it back in the same pot again. That stress okay. from repotting it will trigger it to bloom. Okay. okay, and then what I want you to do next year is later in August, I want you to put that that pot outside. Okay. Oh. I want you to put that pot out in the deck, on the patio, balcony, whatever you have. Okay, and I want you right. to put it outside for for the for basically the the fifteenth of August until until it starts getting cooler. So around September, long weekend. Okay, put okay. it outside, water it every once in a while because they don't you know they don't need that much moisture. But don't put it in the direct sunlight, but put it maybe underneath the tree or someplace. You know, if you have. Um, if you have a, a patio and it's on the hot sun, you have nothing protected, put it underneath the table or something like that so it gets lots of bright light but not direct hit sunlight, okay? Okay. Because uh, it won't be used to that, obviously, from going indoors, outdoors. And so, right. and then with those cooler temperatures we get at nighttime in the end of August, that'll also trigger it when you bring it back in to start getting ready to bloom again. Oh, okay. okay. And then also fertilize it when it's outside too, every once in a while. And uh, even indoors, uh, especially after it finishes blooming and has all those leaves coming up, just give it a fertilizing once a month and uh, that'll put energy back in the bulb to bloom next year as well. Okay. Okay? Yeah. So yeah. I, I'll, I'll give that a whirl. I hope you have success. Okay. Have a great Thank day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, we have the text line here. Uh, wondering why my lucky bamboo only lives about three years. Water, uh, water one, uh, once a week with rainwater, fill the top with rocks, not direct sunlight. It turns yellow and dies. Um, fertilizer 2020 uh, diluted. Yeah, be careful. Be careful with the 2020. 20. You might want to go to a lighter fertilizer, not just a high nitrogen. Um, that might be a problem. And make sure that your your um, you're changing that water out too every once in a while, and make sure that when you use that water, um, if you if you're on a, a city system where you have um, treated water, let that water sit. Uh, I guess she said she uses rainwater, so that's even or relative snow water, so that works. So make sure that you're in bright light. It doesn't have that direct sunlight, but lots of bright light. Uh, that's the the big thing, and. Um, uh, it turns yellow and dye. The only reason it would turn yellow and dye is, is I think it might be um, your twenty twenty twenty. You might want to go to a high uh, first number. A highest is fifteen, and maybe even ten would be better. If even if that were using the water, you don't need a high nitrogen um, because then um, you might have problems that way as well. And so um, just. Even with even the diluted uh, fertilizer, unless it's really, really diluted, uh, I would tend to not do that. And um, make sure that uh, when you put them in the rocks, that there's there's the plant is the roots in the rocks and the top is sticking out. Um, that um, it should last more for for a long, long time. You shouldn't have a problem with that. Make sure you're changing your water out at least once a month on that, so that you change the water completely once a month. And there again, using your rainwater or melted snow water, and hopefully have luck with that. Um, we have here also um, Barry from Kindersley. Good morning, Barry. Good morning. How are you today? I'm doing very good. Good. Thank you. I just have a question. We have a very large mugle pine uh, that's kind of taken over the front yard. It's yep. probably about 12 feet high now. 
um, is it okay to trim it back this time of the year? Yeah, or, uh, yeah you can do it right how now. Can I trim it? Not, not a problem with Mego Pines, and also every year after that, it's best to trim them when the new candles are on, okay? Okay. Just cut back the new candles, so that's usually in June, right, when those new candles are pushing up? Yeah, so yeah. trim them back in June once you get there. But remember, when you trim the Mugo pine, you can only trim it back so you still see green. So the inside will be, there'll be no needles in there, right? Right. So like last year, the deer came in and ate my Mugo pine like down, took all the green. There was no needles left at all. It was just all sticks. And this year, okay. I, got about, I got about two inches of needles coming off every t- a little tuft off every branch. So it's going to take probably about three or four years to come back because it was just trimmed so, so vigorously, okay? So if okay. you still want to see green, you can only trim it back so you still see green and not just sticks, okay? okay. Uh, it will come back, but like I said, it's going to take quite a few years. And then make sure that um, during the summertime to get it to fill out back again is that fertilize it with a 30-10 fertilizer. On a big plant like that, you're going to be looking at about 5 to 10 gallons of water mixed with the fertilizer. And do that every three weeks from Mother's Day until July the 15th and the stop. Okay. And, and I can trim it back uh, quite a bit, can I? Like yep. fairly close to the ground? Boy, well, if you trim it right back to the ground, it's going to take a lot, a lot of years to come back. So I would, if you if you do want to be that aggressive and you you want to take the three or four years for it to come back, leave it at least a, a, a two feet off the ground. Okay. okay. Good deal. And like yeah. I said, it's going to take at, at least three to five years for it to really fill out nice back again. I mean, when it's that big, sometimes it's just easier just to dig it out and start again, right? And then, right. And then take a, a dwarf mugo pine, which is uh, mugo pumula, which, uh, which basically only grows, you know, four to five feet tall, not eight feet tall. Yeah. Yeah, this one's about 12 feet, so yeah. it's just yeah. gotten out of control. Yeah. That's called a mugo mugo, so you want to use a dwarf mugo, a mugo pumula, if you want to plant okay. it, one that doesn't get so quite so tall. Okay? Great. Good. Excellent. Thanks for the help. You're, Have a great day. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Well, that's another Sunday gone by, so thank you for joining me here. Uh, join us next week and every week, every Sunday here on, on Garden Talk for all your gardening questions. You're listening, I'm Rick Van Dominick. You're listening to Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME.